the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and greetings to you. Thanks for coming along for the Monday. Monday edition. Monday. Yeah, is today the 13th? Yes, it is, John. Thank you for asking. All right, so uh, Christmas less than two weeks away. How's your Christmas shopping? You know, I was really disappointed in myself on Friday. Why? Because I hadn't done anything. Today, I'm on top of the world. (laughs) What? I got a lot of stuff done on Saturday. Have you been to the store? Nope. Oh, you're all online. But I I know what I'm doing at the store. Uh I know what I'm going to be doing at the store. And so having a plan, I feel like, is half the battle. Of course it is. Yeah, the plan is everything. And, And so I'll carry that plan out at a store this week, some morning or evening. But I've got a handle. Excellent. That's good. You know, one of the, the sad things pre-internet shopping is to go to the mall and see a lot of guys wandering around with that panicked deer in the headlights Yeah, look. that's a sad moment. And like, you know, you, you would bump into guys like in women's wear and you think, what are you doing here? And what am I doing here? Right. Now you can at least sit in your room and try to figure it out on your own. Now, more than one year, more than one year, I was at Ross Park Mall with my father on Christmas Eve. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve? Now, Stan, mm. figure it out, my friend. Yeah, because what, you know, my job with both of my parents. Yes, of course. Was, As the only child. Yes, is that I would help my dad buy the gifts for my mm-hmm. mother and help mm-hmm. my mother buy the gifts for my dad. And then you and feign I think, surprise. You two, you two live together. Like, can you, do you, no. why am I the person who knows this? They relied I, on you. I always knew exactly what my dad would want and I knew what my mom would want. And I don't know why they didn't know that. No. My dad, even the worst, he would just give a wad of cash to one of my sisters and say, would you buy something <laughs> for your mom? And they would get so mad. Right. What are you, what are you doing? You cut you you buy the present. Yeah, it's, yeah. Is it a guy thing? I, I'm, no, because you love to buy presents. Oh, my wife tells me to stop. She likes it. <laughs> Please, too many. Just stop. It's embarrassing to me. I'm like, I'm just having a. I want to. Okay, you know what I've said for years, huh? Christy. I've said for years, if John and I had ever gotten married, we'd be broke. Oh, we have okay? no money. If you were a part of the family, we'd all be. broke. We'd be living in a shack like somewhere on the side news. of a river. Yeah, seriously. This. this this type of um, occupation that we're in attracts our type of person. What do you think? And we cannot, and we could not be married to people like us, or there would be life collapse. Right? How is it like? My love language is to give gifts, and then my wife's love language is to like say no. <laughs> she thinks she's doing me a service, like you know the family. Oh, you know, we we don't we don't need that. It's just. As far as it's part of the thing, you're you're attracted to the person who's opposite from uh, you. Yeah, we sure are. Yeah. I mean, remember, I'm married to the person who gets up at four thirty in the morning. I don't think we need to say any more. All right. So, as we look for a, a partner for Christy, we need to find someone, someone who's total not, opposite. Someone who's not broke. I think is a way to start. Maybe maybe an accountant. And he has to like dogs. Right. And he has to be really captivated by a good story. Mm-hmm. We have a lot. We have to love Jesus. High I mean, that goes without saying. I hope that goes without saying. There's so many things we could add. Please. 
We're taking applications at Seven Parkways. And <laughs> you're, you're, Suite 625. What do you think? What's the age range? 26 to... No. no. 28, 28 to 35. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mom, anybody out there? You know we somebody? We could stretch it to 40 if it's someone who's particularly 40? accomplished that's, and dynamic. That's pushing it. It's just my pu- feeling. I don't know. That's really pushing it. Okay. 28 to 35 is, is our hot spot. All right. Are we think, talking about the demographics for the show? No. no. We're just looking for a spouse just, for our producer. A, a spouse for Christy, that's all. Anyway, let's get underway with the show. Uh, Kath gives us the news updates. Kath, please. Uh, the top four at four. It's Monday, people. Thank you. As you said, John, December 13th, mm. 2021. I think you said it. Mm, okay. Number one. Hundreds of female gymnasts who were sexually abused by Larry Nasser, a former team doctor of the National Gymnastics Team, have agreed to a $380 million settlement with USA Gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, ending the latest dark chapter in one of the biggest molestation cases in sports history. The settlement announced today is among the largest ever for a sex abuse case, and I'm reading from the New York Times. The funds would compensate more than 500 gymnasts, including Olympic gold medalists like Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, and Ali Raisman, who were abused by Nasser or someone else in the sport. Gymnasts have battled anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and some girls and women have attempted suicide because of Nasser's abuse, which he perpetrated under the guise of medical treatment. Number two. Spain today ordered more than 30,000 people to remain indoors on La Palma Island because of toxic gases from a volcano Mm. that has been erupting for months. After several days of low-level activity, the Cumbre Viejo suddenly sprang to life Sunday with several explosions sending a vast cloud of ash and smoke into the sky. The regional government of Spain's Canary Islands, which lie off of Africa's northwest coast, ordered residents of three municipalities to lock down owing to high levels of sulfur dioxide in the air, home to roughly 33,000 people. This is what the authorities told them. You ready? Turn off air conditioning, turn off heating, and use tape to seal your doors and windows. That would be, you wouldn't want to stay in that environment for very long. No, that's scary. And you certainly hope nobody has COVID. No. More than 7,000 people have been evacuated from their homes since the volcano erupted on September 19th, spewing out rivers of lava that have slowly crept toward the sea. Number three. After widespread criticism forced the organization that puts on the Golden Globes to lose its televised award show and overhaul its membership, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association nevertheless today announced nominees for film and TV awards despite a skeptical entertainment industry. What does it mean that the entertainment industry is skeptical? Like, really? That sounds so precious. They don't like you. Anyway, uh, this would be the picks for the 79th annual Golden Globes, um, and it's usually announced by a handful of stars, but instead it was just Snoop Dogg today. Snoop? Uh-huh. Read the nominees behind sunglasses and a red hat. You know, you know, you don't even have to have seen no, that to no, know what that's like. No, what's going on there. Um, okay. So the nominees for Best Picture, Drama, went to Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, which mm-hmm. you watched. I did. Okay. Um, Dune. Mm-hmm. The family drama Coda, which I'm not familiar with. And the uh, tennis biopic King Richard about Serena and Venus's dad. And Kenneth Branagh's autobiographical movie Belfast, which both of us want to see, but neither one of us have. Comedy or musical picks for Best Picture were uh, Don't Look Up, uh, Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Cyrano. Belfast and Power of the Dog tied for the most nominations with seven apiece, and Netflix dominated the nominees. And number four... 
Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison, quarterback Kenny Pickett, and defensive tackle Kalija Kansi were named Associated Press All-Americans today. Addison was a first-team selection, while Pickett, of course, came in third in the Heisman Trophy um, thing, which, by the way, I really enjoyed Saturday night. Talk about that a little later. Um, Addison, a sophomore, also, of course, won this year's Blitnikoff Award, given to the top receiver in the country. He became, in case you're keeping track, Pitt's third Blitnikoff winner. First was Larry Fitzgerald in 03 and Antonio Bryant in 2000. Nice. It's a really, it's a really great legacy. He's Excellent. a part of a pit. And that is your top four. Very nice. At four. Any word if he's going to play in the bowl game? I don't think he will. You don't think so? No. Right. Too and much at stake. Initially, he said Too he was going to play. At first, he said, what were the words he so used? I plan. I plan to play. Oh, okay. So that's like a little escape hatch. Apparently his plan has changed. Did you watch the Heisman thing? I did. I thought it was good. I didn't like it. Oh, tell me. I just thought it was cringy. Well, it's always cringy. It's yeah, part of the joy of it. super cringy. You know, everybody was like Oprah. Hey, it's just too much for me. Did you watch it, Christy? Nope. Well, it was too long. Actually, I was- It's only an hour long. No, I was going between that. I was watching- Oh, uh, oh I was watching oh, <laughs> Frosty. Oh, Yeah. It was on at the same I time. I saw that that was on. Yeah, so I was going back and forth. Which one did two. you like better? Frosty. Really? Yeah. I didn't like Frosty. Oh, what the heck? I guess no. kind of sad. No. Um, you know what I loved most about the uh, Heisman thing? Hmm. I think in hearing the parents talk was really interesting. That was good. The the parents of the kid who won from Alabama, whose name I can't think of right now, they were outstanding. Yep. You know what his, his dad told him? Which I actually, I saw that, yeah. I actually wrote down in my journal. He says, if you're the strongest guy in the gym... Find a new gym. Mm, that's cool. Excellent. Really good. All right. We'll take a quick break. We get underway for Monday shows. We always do by going to the White House, where Greg Clugson will join us from SRN News. A look at what's going on in and around the nation's capital and across the United States of America. That's next. The Ride Home, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. When you think about Christmas, what do you think about you think about what the world has thrown at us. This is all about Jesus. This is all about the reconciling, forgiving, redeeming, justifying process of Almighty God. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 830 on 101.5 WORD. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Qualifying for Medicaid is complicated, and the timing of your application is critical. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. The biggest mistake? Not consulting with a qualified legal professional before you apply. There's a lot at stake, especially for those with a spouse staying at home. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help you navigate the Medicaid rules so you can properly protect some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawoski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. What a horror the tornadoes that swept across the Midwest this past weekend were. We're talking with Greg Clugston from SRN News, the White House correspondent. Greg will bring us up to date on this administration's response to that. And, Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming along once again. Oh, you're welcome, John. Good afternoon. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, nice to see you, Greg. Uh, Talk about the president's response. I watched his uh, comments on Saturday evening after a lot of the devastation had taken place. Um, How's how's the White House treating it now? And is the president going to visit or what? He is going to visit. He's going to go to Kentucky on Wednesday. He announced that this morning. He invited reporters into the Oval Office uh, around the midday hour uh, after he had received uh, an emergency response briefing, an update on on what's been happening, talking with his advisors and and getting sort of what what the federal government knows uh, at this point. And that's when he announced he'll be going to hard-hit Mayfield, Kentucky, uh, perhaps you've seen the pictures, video from there. Uh, that was really the the hardest hit town. I mean, I think the mayor, one of the officials there said that about they, they figured 75 percent of their town was essentially wiped off the map. Oh and that's just truly devastating. And, and the pictures in the video don't really can't begin to describe it, I'm sure, once once you're there on the ground. But the president's going to go there. He's going to find out and get an update on Wednesday from local and state officials as to what more the federal government can provide. But essentially, he, like past presidents in these kinds of situations, is promising federal assistance and uh, whatever's needed to help people rebound from this uh, from this natural disaster. Right. I mean, I mean, there's a, a very powerful instance where the office of the president of the United States shows up. And just by being the president, people's hearts are in some way or are slightly started to mend because they see the power of the other person and think, OK, help is on the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Really, the president plays a couple of roles, and that's one of them, John. It's really uh, offering uh, you know, the, the con- consolation of the United States uh, to have the top elected officer, official in the entire country, show up in your neighborhood and walk down the street on your block uh, and hug people and say, 
this is awful, yes, but we're here to help and things will get better. And so it's really that comforter in chief that we often will, will hear about that phrase when, when presidents are faced with these situations. And then the other part is sort of what we already talked about is this idea that when a, when a president officially declares a disaster area, for example, as he's done in Kentucky, that's more than just you know putting out a paper statement that is making an obvious declaration. That really uh, starts the process of uh, federal assistance, aid, money, and other resources going from the federal government to those local uh, those local towns and communities. So the president does have uh, those couple of levers that he can pull and push there. Well, prayers for all those people affected by that because uh, your life was just wiped away literally in yeah. just a few seconds. Yeah. Greg, let's move forward and talk about uh, a little uh, past history. There was a video conference call last week between President Biden and Putin from the uh, from Russia. Talk to us about the, the the way forward from that. What was said? What was talked about? Did they pay for the extra Zoom package first off, or were mm-hmm. they cut off at forty five? Right. <laughs> well, see, that's why we should talk about it because uh, it was this time last week that we're, we were previewing mm-hmm. and and trying to figure out how that call was going to work out. Uh, I think I might have misspoke last week too. I was talking about it might have been held in the Roosevelt Room. I, I don't know why I said the Roosevelt Room. It was obviously held in the Situation Room, which mm-hmm. is where oh. secure video conferencing and and the like can take place, and that's that's where. <laughs> It took place. Okay. But in any case, um, I'm not sure who paid for the Zoom for the Zoom bill on that one, but it was about a two hour, two hour and one minute video call is what the White House said. So there was there was a lot of discussion. Uh, the president himself uh, told us after the fact that it was a very uh, direct and frank conversation, although he said there wasn't a lot of, you know, there wasn't finger wagging on either either side, but there was very direct uh, discussion of specifically the concerns the United States and a lot a lot of other countries in the West and uh, throughout Europe and uh, former Soviet republics have about this Russian troop buildup, tens of thousands of troops along the Ukrainian border. Mm-hmm. So obviously there are fears of a potential Russian invasion. Moscow, Vladimir Putin say that no, there's no there's no invasion uh, in the offing, but uh, that that begs to, to be seen here. And so we're, we're just going to have to see what's going to happen. There, there was there was talk that there would be continued discussions. And just over this weekend, just yesterday, uh, we heard from the British Foreign Secretary speaking on behalf of the Group of Seven, the G7, the largest economies in the world. And and this organization, this this coalition is saying uh, the same thing that the United States is warning Russia against any sort of aggression and further invasion, or there will be very stiff economic sanctions and measures that are going to be taken. So it's not just the U.S., but a lot of other countries are sending the very same message. The Ride Home is streaming live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. You can watch the show. We're talking live via Zoom, and we have paid our bill with Greg Clugston. (laughs) He's joining (laughs) us here, and uh, you can watch the conversation take place. Um, Okay, so inflation, even though we're heading into the Christmas season, it doesn't seem to be giving us a break. We're not getting a gift of lower inflation. Uh, Things are looking pretty rough, especially when it comes to food, gas tax, cars, uh, used and new are out of control. Out of control is right, Kathy. Just a few days ago, we got the latest consumer prices uh, report monthly report from the government, and again the prices. No surprise if you've done any of those things, fill up your your gas tank or or purchased groceries. Uh, we all know the prices are moving higher, and so so far here in 2021, the rate of inflation is at its highest level since 1982. Try to think back what you were doing or how old you were back in 1982. I know what I was That's, listening to music wise. We can talk about that later. 
Well, we could. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, you're talking, you know, essentially 40 years. Uh, at, we haven't seen inflation. And so it, it's coming uh, at a very difficult time, obviously, and not surprisingly, uh, it's it's making the, the president's job approval numbers go in the opposite direction of where the inflation is going. Uh, and we, we see poll after poll. And, and the latest one today um, is ABC News and Ipsos showing that, uh, you know, the president's underwater on the job approval rating. And even among Democrats, he holds a very slim majority among Democratic voters in, in across the country who are, you know, uh, applauding his efforts on the economy. So he's he's not he's not getting a lot of help even with his own party and independence, something like 71 percent unhappy with his handling of inflation. So even though any president is limited in what, uh, you know, they can do in that position, uh, whether it's blame or it's praise, it often lands at the White House. Interesting. So more bad news for the Biden administration. Here it is, December 13th, the Build Back Better bills that have been before the president. This is really crunch time for the Democrats, for uh, the president to get any sort of initiative signed into, into law, yeah? It is, John. There, there have been a few other items, including the debt ceiling vote. There's going to be another vote tomorrow on that. And there, there have been some boxes checked off on the to-do list here in, in December by members of Congress. But the one box that remains empty right now, no check mark, is that Build Back Better legislative package, uh, you know, more than a trillion dollars. Uh, this is separate from the infrastructure bill that was also a trillion dollars that already passed. This one's closer to $2 trillion in terms of the price tag. Uh, And there are any number of Republicans and other critics who say they believe that really uh, the the true cost of this proposal from the Biden administration is close to double what the price tag is. And so here, once again, we're talking about a senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. He, all of these many months, has been very reluctant to uh, signal his support for this plan. He has a number of concerns. One of them is the fiscal responsibility of it all. And so, so far, he's not signed on to it. And the president uh, is planning to talk, if he hasn't already today, talk with Joe Manchin to this week, this, uh, because Democrats would love to get it done by, by Christmas. But we're under two weeks away, and it's, uh, it's, it's looking very difficult to get it done by the end of this calendar year. Interesting. Hey, Greg, don't you find it odd that, you know, uh, we're not even a year into the Biden presidency and the Democrats already talking, I'm sure, that, you know, Republicans as well about uh, the election, the next presidential election. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, conjecture as to whether Biden will run again and who's the Republican, you know, who's going to do that? Will it be Donald Trump or whatnot? I mean, we're always in election phase, it seems nowadays. We are. We really are. I mean, you're right. Here here people are talking about 2024, and we haven't even gotten to the 2022 midterm elections next November. Uh, but yes, it is a it has become a very lengthy process. And for example, Donald Trump has said that he's not going to formally announce what his intentions are until after the midterms next November. That's what he has said. Of course, he could change his mind, uh, perhaps, but he certainly is giving all kinds of signals. In fact, he just told the Salem Radio Network last week that if he decides not to run, that his base would be very angry. Uh, so he's obviously thinking about it. And uh, this, this question popped up uh, a couple times at the White House briefing the last uh, few days. Uh, in fact, earlier today. And uh, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, said that the president's intention 
is to run for re-election, although he's obviously focused on important matters right now. Interesting. We're talking with Greg Clugston from Salem Radio News. Greg, uh, before you do leave us, we want to sort of set the table for next week. Now, it's fair to say that you are the uh, poet laureate of the uh, Washington Press Corps. Uh, Every year at a press luncheon Mm -hmm. in the White House, you hold forth, and it's sort of like the greatest hits of what's happened this past year. In poetry form. In poetry form, Mm -hmm. yes. I would imagine the, the, uh, the poem in somewhere um, fluid shape for its premiere. What day would that be next week? It is. It's going to be premiered later this week. Oh. Uh, it's still a little up in the air. It doesn't look as if the, the normal uh, basement luncheon in the uh, the press workspace area of the White House is, is probably going to happen uh, again this year because of COVID Greg. health restrictions and precautions, because it's already a very jam-packed area in a very small space. And then if you have people eating and drinking in that kind of space, uh, it's, it's not going to fly. COVID ruins so everything. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? Boy, I tell you. So anyway, we're still working it out, but it's going to debut uh, here in Washington this week. And so I'm assuming if you'll have me back, we can uh, we can be sharing we it this time next week. Back. Fabulous. We're going to roll out the red carpet. Heck yeah. We'll play some I don't special want, you know, or the snow carpet, or whatever. I don't know what you roll right. out for. It was the night before Christmas, but nice. whatever it is, we're rolling it. After all this many years, do you feel pressure? Well, you always feel a little pressure if you're presenting something publicly that you've uh, you've worked on creatively. Well, you when hope, you're the uh, you know, goat, uh, there's less. <laughs> Look, well, this is year number twenty three that I've done, which is years. truly amazing. Especially as we've talked about over the years, I, I thought it was going to be a one year and done situation, and then right. two decades plus later, here we are. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Well, we wait with bated breath we for next do. week, Greg. We cannot wait. Yes, and uh, or later right, this well, week. Yeah, Whatever well, well I'll, I'll debut it this week in Washington and then probably next Monday here. Terrific. On oh, I can't nice. wait. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg and Salem Radio News, wordfm.com. Coming up next, we're going to go to the phones. We're opening them up. When you gather for the holidays, do you play cards, board games? What? If, if you do, what are you, what are you playing? Trivial Pursuit. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left on 
picks can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 29. Partly sunny and mild tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 50. Tomorrow night, clear skies early, then increasing clouds with a low of 38. Wednesday, mainly cloudy and mild. We'll see a high Wednesday of 56. Thursday, cloudy. Temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a little afternoon rain with a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Making plans for Christmas, and I've been thinking about games. Yeah. After dinner, gathering games. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend Mike, and I said, you know, he, they're obsessed with a game called You Dog. It's a card game that they've been playing together as a family. Yeah, you know that game, Christy? You Dog. I'd never nope. heard about it until this this guy Mike told yeah. us. Yeah. It's you, like the letter U, right? Right. You dog, and uh, it looks fun. It looks a lot of fun. They're obsessed. By I don't. It. I don't. Yeah, I don't really understand what it uh, yeah. is about. You see the board there? It's like yeah. a wooden board. Yeah, it's a nice board. Yeah. It's like a. It has, it's kind of like a funky shape. It goes in a circle there or something. Yeah, I would like to try it. Me too. He's also playing um, a digital game with his kid. Uh, his kid's in college, and uh, what's this? The kid's game is uh, Mario Party. So uh, I was thinking about that, and then I just kind of stumbled across something as well. Um, someone said, um, hey, help me out, y'all. I need some good two-player card and or board games. Any suggestions? And then a bunch of people opined about board games. Someone and says, I, I got to tell you, 80% of these games I've never heard of. 80%? I bet you 95 Okay, I know this game, Racco. Never heard of it. Racco. Someone says, we've been recently enjoying a little wordy. That's a game. A little wordy. How about Ticket to Ride? Yes, you do. Ticket it, to Ride. Are you giving that a thumbs up? Yeah, Christy? it's fun. Doesn't Patchwork. sound very fun. It's fun. You, it's competitive. You have to like be yeah. savage. In oh, it. okay. Does it make hard feelings? 
Yes, it could. See, okay, well, that's, that's the last all, thing right. we need this Christmas for crying right. out loud. Hard feelings around the... How about patchwork? That's a quilting game. Well, that sounds really boring. No, no, it, it's... It, it's a game. Did I offend all the quilters? I'm sorry. Well, you that might just have. doesn't sound like No, no. It's, just... should, it's a quilting pattern game. So you're matching some style, you know, you know, you know, patterns on a quilt. Okay. That's all I know. Okay. That's, um, a, that's a stirring recommendation. Okay. We'd like to open up the phone lines anyway. Yeah. We just kind of wonder. 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255, after Christmas dinner has been cleared. Mm-hmm. Or New Year's dinner yeah, has been cleared. Some holiday dinner between right. Christmas and but New Year's. Generally, I would say Christmas, right? I mean, well, no, okay, well the her family plays on New Year's. Oh, okay. All right. So playing, playing games. Are you playing cards? Are you playing a board game? Are you turning on the tube? What you- here's the thing. For the people who are cooking Christmas Eve, they're not playing a board game afterwards. They're Christmas Eve? Yeah. They're oh, comatose. No, they're working. They're comatose. No, Christmas night, you mean? Yes, or Christmas, either whatever. Whatever you're cooking for, you're comatose. You're not playing a board game. Yeah, you're like, thank goodness that's all. So over. maybe if you are playing a board game, you know, the night after Christmas right. or something, when you know the people who were cooking can function. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Do you got? Do you play Scrabble? I have played Scrabble. I love Scrabble. Uh, one time we were playing Scrabble as a family, and we invited one of my kids' kids, one of his buddies. He made a pronouncement. You guys are playing. <laughs> you guys are playing this all wrong. <laughs> like, How can you, you play Scrabble wrong? Like, you, there's only one way to play it, right? You're playing this all wrong. You, the rules aren't right here. You get the rules on that. Like what? And like my my kid was like, "What? What are you talking about?" And he like you proceeded to read us the riot act because we were apparently not following along. Good like popcorn and be quiet. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Over the holidays. Uh, Will you play a board game or a card game? And if you do, what are you playing? Because yeah. we need some uh, we need some tips. Okay, we go to the phones. Hi, yeah. Hey, thanks for calling. Who is this, please? Hi, this is Terry from Harmony. Hi, Terry. Hey, Terry. So we always play Red Nines. It's a card game. Red Red Nines. So, so Red Nines are wild, oh. and you play with multiple decks. And it's nice because it's a little bit of luck. You don't have to think really, really hard, mm-hmm. which you know, is important after a big dinner. Yep. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Red Nines. And as many, and you can keep adding card decks in. Yep. So as many players as you have, you, they can play. Oh, that's cool. All right. Thanks, Yeah. Jen. Very so, nice. Appreciate that. Red Nines. Awesome. I'll look it up. I mean, I, I like a game that is not real difficult because more than anything, <laughs> no, here, here's, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. you want to, me, me, I just want to goof around. I right. just want to this talk. This is not a surprise to us. Right? I just want to make fate. I just want to make noise. I just want to like laugh. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to. Say, and people, come on! Everybody I, gets, I have, every, so like risk isn't your thing. No, you're not playing Settlers of Catan. Seriously, I just want to fart around and right. have have a laugh. Okay, but people get like all upset and super tight, and you know, it just isn't it about relaxation? As a, as no, a, it's about me it competition. Is. I don't want to compete. Okay. I just don't. I'd rather you know just have a, have a laugh. Well, maybe Red Nines isn't the game for you. No, she's no, she very like friendly. Fun. Anyway, we would love some suggestions. 800-320-8255. We're going to step away. All right, step away for just a minute. What are you doing after uh, Christmas dinner is all done? For rest and relaxation. Are you going to compete or are you just going to fart around like I like to do? 
101.5 WORD. I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year. With no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Okay, what's the what's the like simplest game you play? The simplest game. Yeah, I mean, well, the like, simplest game is Clue. It's just also the most annoying. No, no, the simplest game. Okay, is... the Popomatic. Trouble. War. War is very simple. Old maid. Uno. Uno. That's very boring. I don't mind Uno. I mean, again, that's a, you're just kind of farting around. You know, it's like yeah, but it, how many? That like, doesn't matter. Just, oh, okay. here we go again. It's a kids' game. So what? You know. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, what, you want to play Risk? You want to play... I, I mean, I would, if I was going to play a game, I'd rather play Risk than Uno. I wouldn't. I would I would be happy to play Uno. Okay. Have, have a drink, have some cheese curls, and just make fun. That's yeah, all. Are you like that too, Christy? Oh, we play Uno all the time on vacation. See, no there way. You go. Yeah. It's our game. Uno's good, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, have you ever played Uno Spin? What? No. Oh, oh. Don't get too complex. No, I got Uno Spin, yeah. And then after we played it for a year, we were like, you know what? 
they're not getting a whole lot else out of this. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so we're wondering, you know, Christmas evening, meals over, celebration. You want to get together, sit around, and play with the fam, playing card games, board games. So tell us something that you're playing that we don't know. What what it brings you enjoyment after that meal? Let's go back to the phones and uh, we'll talk to uh, Tina Marie, Mary Angela, and uh, <laughs> hey, Tina Marie. Hey, Tina Marie, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi, Tina Marie. You're, hello. Yeah, you're, hello. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Yes, I love playing backgammon. Hey, I do too. Yeah, I've never played that game. What? I love backgammon. Oh, it's fun because it doesn't take forever. Mm-hmm. It's two people, yep. and you can have a tournament. Yep. You know, so you can take turns. You can play the winner, play the loser. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes. It just goes fast. Yeah. And you have to be smart. But you also have to be lucky, uh-huh. and it doesn't—it just doesn't take forever. Like I cannot stand games that take hours, right. like Monopoly. I hate—I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. Or Scrabble—that takes a long time too, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, hate it. Hate okay. It. Do you have a nice backgammon board, like one of those really fancy wooden ones? Mine's pretty beat. Oh, definitely. I, I went to college in the late 70s, early 80s, and we always had backgammon uh-huh. really? That's funny. That was that was sort of like the, the height of backgammon in, in that time frame, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Kind of, my brother yep. taught me how to play. And, and I love it because you're right. You have to be smart about it, but there is some luck involved. It's good to have a bit of a killer instinct as well, though. It, absolutely. Nice. I love to win. Yep. Very of course nice. she does because she's competitive, John. Thanks, Tina. She's not there to just, you know, Appreciate play Uno until her eyes bleed. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when I was in college. Call us. Uh, and this was not, this was not a, like, it wasn't like this game was sweeping uh, Pitt's campus or any campus. But we got into Euchre. Oh, which yeah. is a which is like a very very old game, yeah. like a thousand years old, and it's like a five hundred bid. Mm-hmm. You play with partners, so you can only play four people. Right. But we played so much. Oh, really? Like I'm sure it had a deleterious effect, not just on my grades, but my general life. <laughs> Some people drink. Uh, uh-huh. Some people play cards. Yep. I yeah, like it. Was it a right? lot of that, and it became a verb. Uh-huh. You want a uke? Oh, yeah, really? You know what I mean? I was like, that's, right. yeah. Did you have a partner that you relied uh, upon? Oh, my friends or... from, no. Huh. Oh, you mixed it up? Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. But you, everybody had their secret preferred partner, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah, well, we weren't talking about that, John. We yeah. were equal opportunity. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to the phones. Um, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. I should know. Uh, yeah. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Christy. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. <laughs> anyway. He tried, but yeah. it's not working. Hey, thanks for calling. Uh, you're you live in the air. Uh, hey, Bev. How are you doing? Hey, hi. I'm doing great. Good. And I have, it's not a board game per se, but it is a hysterical game, and it's right up your alley, John, because it's just fun. It's called Telestrations. Oh. And it's like the old game of gossip. It's based on that where you would, like, whisper something in somebody's ear and then pass it along, and it changes, except this time... Everybody has something different that they're drawing. So it's a little bit like Pictionary. And once Mm. you draw one thing, then you pass your little pad to the next person. They look at it, have to guess what you're drawing. They write down their guess. It gets passed again. The next person looks at the guess. They have to draw the guess. And it just keeps going around the circle. And sometimes the things that come out at the end are so completely different from what the original picture was supposed to be. 
it really it's just so much fun you can play it for as long as you want there's no real winners it's just in the worse the the worse of a drawer you are the funnier it is I have played this game. I forgot about this game. This is a hilarious game. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And you're relying on the person who's next to you to have interpreted the thing correctly, which, of course, they probably have not done. Right. And so when you're drawing what they've interpreted, anyway, you become so divorced from reality. It's very funny. Now, Bevan, all the time you played this game, has there ever been like someone go, I know exactly what, we, what, what you're drawing? Actually, sometimes yes. there are simple things that they make okay. it the whole way around, and it's pretty much everybody draws it and guesses it correctly. Right. But that's, yeah, not typical. Right. So, and the more people you have, the better it is mm-hmm. because it has more chance to change as it goes that's around. That's a good that's idea, Bev. That's Sounds a really like a good lot of game. fun. And really plus, there's a lot game. of laughter, I would imagine, right? Oh, absolutely. See, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And then sometimes the worst drawers they can be identified as something's going around they'll be somebody will look at a drawing and they'll be like oh i know who drew this like, this is <laughs> terrible <laughs> yeah. that's funny thanks for calling Beth. merry christmas to you. merry christmas thank you Bye-bye. all right 800-320-8255 wondering if over the holidays uh your family's planning on a card game a mm-hmm. board game something like that that you might be able to enrich us with mm-hmm. uh, because we're looking for options 800-320-8255 Two five five. Here's a fun game, John. That um, is based on whose line is it anyway? Which you know is a sure. show that yeah, I yeah. deeply loved. Um, questions only. I don't know. You so you sit in a circle, mm-hmm. and you everybody looks to the person who's to their left, and you I look at you and I say, "Was your shirt always blue?" And then you turn to Christy and you say, "Do you always work Tuesday?" And then you but you can you don't respond. To the question somebody asked you, you can only ask a question to the person who's on the others. It's quest- it's called questions only. How do you win? Well, clearly people panic and they're like, they either <laughs> they answer the question or they can't think of a question. And so they have to step out and it moves very fast. Oh, so you like can fun. get to a winner Fabulous. in like 10 minutes. Yeah. You got to think Sometimes on your feet. five with how, depending on how, especially if you've never played it before, you're guaranteed to be terrible. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. And, and so there's nothing to buy. It's just nothing something to buy. you made up. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Uh-huh. I met my wife playing a game uh, the first time we met. Mm-hmm. We played a game with a bunch of people. Which was? It, it was, um, I think it was called First Sentence. And it wasn't, you know, it was like, so someone pulls a book off the shelf and they say, the title of the book is On Every Blue Monday, right? It's just, you know, just some random title. And then so everybody goes, okay, On Every Blue Monday. So then you have a pad and you write down the first sentence of the book oh, that's awesome. on every Blue Monday. Oh, that's really good. And then the, there's one person who collects all those sentences, and then they read them all. And including in the reading is the actual first sentence from the book on every Blue And then you all take a vote. What is the actual sentence? Oh, that's really good. So it's like Balderdash where you – Kind of, yeah. There's one right answer to the – There's one exactly. you know, real definition of the word, and then everybody else is making it up. Right. I love that. Uh, that's really fun. It's a blast. What's that called? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Just Great. Some made-up game. Glad we had this conversation. <laughs> On every Blue Monday is what I'm calling it. First lines. First lines. All right, that's fine. I don't know. Do you, do you guys play chess? I hate chess. Oh. I hate it so much. Why? Because I'm bad at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Should I be more specific? Okay, that's fine. I just have a hard time. I mean, with, it's not like an after-dinner game. I have a hard time with strategy. I, I don't like to think 
10 steps ahead. Right. I re- that really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Like Stratego. I, just, that? It annoys me. Mm-hmm. It actually makes me angry. Well, it makes you angry to plan ahead. Yeah, not, yeah. Well, not to, I mean, in life, I'm okay, but I just can't stand that kind of strategy. Well, well, you know, eight steps from now, this is what I'm going to do. If he does, then I'm going to, I'm right. like, I just, I can't. My brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's kind of hard because, you know, uh, a lot of families have little kids and you want the little kids to play along as well. So it can't be too complex. Right. right? Remember the game we used to play? With- oh, what the heck was that game? That was a very fun game. Our small group would play that. And I brought that game to the group, and now I can't think of what it's called. And and one time, we were all the adults were playing, and some little kid. Yes. Right. Yes. He won the game, which was a blast. It was, it was like, hilarious. Oh. He was like maybe six at the time. Maybe, and we were all totally stumped. And there he was, this Josh coming up with a winner. He instantly became like you know folklore hero. What was the name of that game? I have no, I have no idea. That, that was, was a many really years ago. It's probably 10 years ago. I bet it was 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll have to think about that. I also really love uh, Taboo. That's still a crowd pleaser. Yeah. You know, you have to get, I have to get my group, my team to say these words, but I'm not allowed to say, right. I, I'm sorry. I have to get my group to say this word at the top, but I'm not allowed to say these words underneath it. Yeah, They're yeah, banned. How about building games? We play a game we have, which I've loved, called Bandu. And everybody has, and it's like, you know, little wooden pieces, and you build these structures. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Bandu, or, you know. I feel know, like the, I have that. The opposite of Bandu is Jenga. You play oh, Jenga. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the thing. That's, That's a lot of tense. fun, too. That's tense. You know what's tense about that? Like the Bandu thing in our family, we're all around the table, and like, and then somebody bumps the, t- the table, and then I instantly become my dad. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Here, like, oh, what are you, now you knocked it over. And everyone gets like, a, and then the kid puts his head down. He's like, a tear comes out. Of oh, he just ruins everyone's night. That's the worst. Then it's your fault, John. Except, then I, okay, I'm the dad here. I'm, yeah, it's, it's a mess. All right, in closing seconds, Christy, game recommendations. You and your family play games every New Year's. We do. Um, throw throw burrito is so much fun. Wait, 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 throw throw a burrito? Throw throw a burrito, yeah. So we have the extreme edition, but the other <laughs> night at my friend's house, there's just like a, a minier version. Mm. So you get like cards of three, you get matches, and you have like burrito brawl, burrito war, and you whatever like match you get, you either like choose a person or go to the person to your right, you have to grab the burrito and throw it at them. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> is it is the burrito like Sounds um like fun. Foamy? Yeah, foamy. foamy. Yeah, yeah. It- but if you get the extreme edition, it's like inflatable and probably the size of me. <laughs> and it's, I have quality video of See? us playing it over the summer and I'll show it to you. That That's like awesome. That right. is great. No, there's no strategy. There's no like 10 steps no. ahead for cash. No, I don't have to worry, have about, to that. worry about that. Right? I like throw, throw. Okay, another recommendation? No one's going to get upset about that either, right? No one's going to lose their temper. Hey, you knocked over the Jenga or the, uh, right? Yeah, nobody the would. Bandu. Well, I mean, you can get bad because, you know. Like, if you had to keep, like, warring with the same person oh, right. over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad feelings. Um, I can't think of anything uh, else on top of my head. You know what I, you know what I would like to recommend mm. for other people besides you and me? Mm. Dutch Blitz. Oh, please. I can't play that game. I, you and I. That's the so, worst. Listen, John's wife is so good at this oh. game. It, it's, and I, it makes me so tense. I, me too. Jo- so whenever we're together oh, no. and you hear John or John's wife or somebody else, hey, who hey, wants to play Dutch Blitz? Nope. John and I are like, no. see ya. <laughs> 
I do no. So the like my my wife and two kids they'll they love this game. They're so good at it. And then there's me sitting there, and all I'm doing is just moving cards around. <laughs> so you're not actually just, not entering really. the game. At this point, I'm kind of just moving. Everyone else is moving at lightning speed, and John and I are like I'm just uh, taking up space. In the meantime, I'm like you know d- despising myself for being so. There's no no point in playing her because she wins everything all the time. Anyway, I want to buy like a new game for Christmas. Great. So so throw, throw a burrito. All right. Or Golden Girls Slice of a Cheesecake. We play that too. (laughs) Telestrations. That's good. Very nice. I admit, I weirdly like Christmas movies. And isn't it interesting that the heroes of these movies really do come in all shapes and sizes? A six-foot-four elf, an eight-year-old with some matchbox cars and a blowtorch, and a green furry fellow with a termite smile. So why then, when the one true hero of Christmas came to rescue us, did he come wrapped as a baby instead of the ultimate movie hero? I read a devotional recently that said, He did it to feel our struggles, to experience our loneliness, and each of our pains. He made the full commitment in order to be the full sacrifice. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, Christmas is both the most wonderful time of year and also a kind of tough time for many. But isn't it encouraging to be reminded that this Christmas is only one Christmas and that we have a true hero who came to deliver the hope of an eternity of better Christmases. Merry Christmas from your friends at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Here's a great thing to consider doing right now before the end of the year. Call MediShare and find out just how much you would save by switching to MediShare, the affordable alternative to health insurance. When you call, you'll get some good news and probably be very happily surprised, too. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. It's so worth it to at least find out. And you'll see why more than 400,000 people are already members. MediShare is a Christian community that shared more than $4 billion in each other's health care costs. It really is remarkable, and they're very easy to talk to. And here's the thing. If you join before the end of the year, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second. The call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is December 31st, so call now. You'll save even more. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. I was, uh, we were starting to hear the death of uh, Anne Rice over the weekend. Uh, 
Ann was a, a guest on our show multiple times over the years. She passed away at the age of 80. Ann Rice, I mean, you know the books, um, Interview with a Vampire, which was a, a huge hit in 1976. It became a film in 1994. To be honest, I never read, nor did I watch, the book or the film. I just wasn't interested. I really dislike vampire stories. But having said that, I mean, some people just were like over the top of that. Uh, Anne was a believer until she wasn't a believer. Mm -hmm. And uh, she famously divorced herself uh, from Christianity. Uh, I guess I I would say from organized religion. Yeah. Um, She wrote those stories. I think she wrote a trilogy. Now, we haven't talked to Anne in probably seven or eight years, don't you think? Yeah, I would say so. So I had no idea what, you know, what's happened with her since. Right. I mean, you know, people can, right. Sure. Change change a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. She had, um, she wrote the Christ the Lord series. I think there were three of those. And then she had like a Seraphim song, maybe series. I read one of those Angel Time. I think I read, um, it was okay. Well, I, I, I didn't love it. I liked. I really liked her as a person. I enjoyed talking to her. Very interesting. Uh, I liked um, the, the story of Jesus as a young boy. Right. That was. The, was that in Christ the Lord? The road Christ to Cana, yeah, maybe, yes, or one it was. of those. You know, to imagine to see, a, you know, how someone would imagine the boy Jesus be growing up. I just thought that was fascinating. Anyway, the passing of Anne Rice at the age of eighty. That's our 4 o'clock hour. We'll take a quick break and reset for the 5 o'clock hour. Oh. Ken Gormley, president of Duquesne University, will join us as a guest in the I 5 love o'clock this. hour. Very nice. Stay close. The heiress of Pittsburgh. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden says he'll travel to Kentucky on Wednesday to view damage from last week's devastating tornadoes that killed at least 64 people in that state and displaced thousands more. Kentucky's governor says there are 64 known dead. The death toll is likely to grow. In Mayfield, Kentucky, most of that town was leveled. Dr. Milton West is senior minister at First Christian Church. He was devastated to see what was left of the building. We were up most of the night praying and worrying, and then when it got daylight, I got in my truck and came on into town, and I was just stunned. I did not go in the building until late yesterday afternoon, but uh, what I saw, um, just heartbreaking. In Mayfield and other cities, residents could be without heat, water, and electricity and chilly temperatures for a long time. This is SRN News. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com 
or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more or you owe back taxes, now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm, specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program that can make results Solving tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest. Resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. At Christmas time, everything sparkles. But nothing sparkles more brightly than her eyes when you surprise her with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. You know, more engagements happen at Christmas time than any other time of the year. Maybe it's because things that speak of eternity go best together. This year, make your own little miracle with a little help from Trinity Jewelers. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road, for when you really want to say, I love you, at trinityjewelers.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 29. Partly sunny and mild tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 50. Tomorrow night, clear skies early, then increasing clouds with a low of 38. Wednesday, mainly cloudy and mild. We'll see a high Wednesday of 56. Thursday, cloudy, temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a little afternoon rain with a high of 60. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for the 5 o'clock hour. In just a few minutes, we're really excited. The, uh, the president of Duquesne University, Ken Gormley, is going to join us. He's got a, a new workout that uh, really is a, a love letter in some ways. It features Pittsburgh prominently as a character in the novel, so... Uh, I really look forward to talking with Ken Gormley. It's the first time he's been with us on the show. The weird thing is that uh, Ken and I, you know, we've sort of brushed by each other. We both grew up in Swissvale, and uh, Ken's got a story to tell, which uh, in some ways includes, you know, my family's story and his family's story interconnected. So that's a very cool thing. Hey, um, in in these weird times that we're living in, right, um, where people every. When you're driving and you know you're you know looking in the windows of stores, everyone, of course, everyone is looking for someone you know t- to hire, right? Everybody needs someone, and it, I don't 
ever remember this like this. I mean, it's kind of like the opposite of the, the Great Depression in a way, right? People are just so hungry for someone to step up and please take this job, would you please? Um, and, and I think, you know, with those jobs, you know, employers are sort of pushing back and saying, if you show up for this job, won't you please show up prepared, right? Show up ready to go. Show up like you want to work? Yeah. No Which, kidding. Like, you know. So, uh, the, the tweet. Did you remember this tweet from last week? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What? About what it said? Yeah. Yeah. It basically said uh, it was a California restaurant, or maybe it was a cafe type of thing. Yeah. Um, and they said, we're looking for employees who don't cry, are never late, and have no excuses. We're looking for employees who don't cry, who are, are never, never late, late, and have no excuses. So, uh, there's, I mean, clearly an employer who is exasperated by At the employee pool. Yeah. Now, if you were running a restaurant, can you imagine how difficult or it is? a gas station or a fortune 500 company or whatever? I bet that this is a problem wherever you go, regardless of what kind of salary structure we're talking. I think that this is a problem in society. It's all of us. Well, you see it in pro sports. I mean, it's, you know, so if it's what, in pro- we make an interception, we're losing 26 to nine or 29 to nothing. And we have to go down and, you know, celebrate in the end zone. So where does that, where it's does Pittsburgh that come Steelers from right now? People. Yeah. Where, where does that come from? That, that mindset, social media. This is why I say that. I think it comes from social media because you get so many, we talked about this with, um, Chris Martin, a couple weeks ago, one of our guests, you get so many likes for being outraged by something or being offended by something that it just tends to fuel the offense or outrage machine. And if you become a person who the more I complain, the more likes I get, try to picture what I'm like to work with. Because no employer is ever going to live up to what my expectations. I'm going to be offended about something. I'm going to be offended about my office or the hours I'm being asked to work or my, you know, the demands that are put upon me while I'm at work or the email I have to answer when I'm at home or whatever that is. I can just be offended all the time. And then I can talk about it on Twitter. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for the future of this but country. Why do you think it is? Well, I mean, I, the easy, I th- yeah, I, th- I think the easy answer is always social media. I mean, you know... And I'm not it's saying an, it's the easy boogeyman to like throw everything at. I'm not saying you're wrong, but right? yeah, but but don't that that like arithmetic perpetrates. Yes, yeah, it's arithmetic as far as numbers, numbers, numbers. But it becomes character formation. Yeah, but if you let it, what about the mom and dad? I mean, can you imagine? I, my dad would it. He would have read me the riot act. You show up on time. You're prepared. There's no whining. There's no complaint. I'm not saying, you know, that, you know, I'm like the model employee, but right. right? There's just work to be done. So let's go. Well, okay. So Christy's 28 years old. Are you, how are you 28? 28. 28. She's 28 years old. She shows up on time. She never complains. So it's she not. She complains a little bit. I hear her in the kitchen. Yeah. Shut up. Would you? No, <laughs> no. So we're, we're just kidding. I'm just kidding. Why are you like that? Uh, that's how my parents raised See, me. Okay. There you go. All right. Bingo. That's how my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was never allowed to complain about anything mm-hmm. when I was little. I remember <laughs> I remember the phrase, oh, cry me a river, mm-hmm. a lot. 
You know what I mean? So I just, you know, you end up, especially when you're an, uh, an, I was not an only child, but my sister was considerably older than me. And so I was an effective only child. And so when there's no other sibling to like complain to, you just stop doing it. Right. It's just not a lot of fun. Did you ever quit a job? Yes. In a blaze of glory. In a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. Really? It was a big mistake. Did you ever quit a job, Christy? Yeah. In a blaze of glory? No. No. Like no I just said quit. Oh, wait, so wait, well, you're saying, Kathy, you got angry and left in an angry, in a huff. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, what did your dad say? Um, well, I already had another job when that happened. Mm-hmm. So it cushioned the blow. How old were you? The blow. Were you a kid? No. Oh, you I were was an 27. Adult. Okay. Ooh. Christy, don't be doing that. In a blaze of glory. Imagine, it was a mistake. Imagine, I mean, imagine somebody like blowing up on a radio show. It wasn't a mistake to quit the job. It was how you did it. It was how I did it. Right, yeah. One time I was a kid and uh, it was one of my first <laughs> first jobs. I was I was selling appliances at Kmart. Um, I was in high school. How how would they put me Yeah, right. Can you imagine selling refrigerators? Like, what was that job interview like that they said, Oh yeah, this guy can do that? I was breathing, I believe I was. <laughs> and I probably looked decent, right? And I <laughs> What what the heck was I doing? I was selling washing machines. I had not a clue. I had never done laundry in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, you know, these dear women would come and ask me and stuff. I had no clue what was going on. And in my despair, this is the only time I ever did this. And I, I, it's kind of funny I'm talking about it on the air because I'm ashamed of it. I was so this ashamed. This is cathartic, John. Seriously, Thank be you. honest with us. The, the therapist is in over 50,000. I, uh, I was a Saturday afternoon and I left. I quit. I wrote, I wrote a note to the person who hired me, and it was Saturday, so she wasn't there. She was working regular business hours, and I said, forgive me. I'm so sorry. This is a horrible job, and I don't <laughs> – I'm terrible at it. Clearly, I'm unqualified, and I don't want to be here, so thank you. And I slid it under her door and walked out. But at the end of your shift? At Kmart. No, in the middle of my shift. Horrible. I mean, that's why I'm saying it's that's cathartic. Bad, John. Now, here's, here's the worst thing of all. My parents – were like out, and they were like, "Let's go see Johnny at Kmart." No, they, they, no way. And they showed up. What are the odds of that? Exactly. And they asked for me, and some guy probably who was like the manager was like, "Oh, he quit. He walked out." <laughs> when I got home, oh. and when they got home, there was such a meeting of the minds. I mean, I just got. Oh, my head just got blown up. My father just like went crazy, crazy on me for doing such a poor thing, acting so poorly. Just really, I mean, I just I knew it was poor at the time, but of course I did. I knew it was, but then to be outed in that moment, and my parents stop stopping by to That's see retribution oh, for it, some it, dark thing you oh, did yeah. being brought to light. Holy smokes! Anyway, let's take a break. We do come back. We Ken do. Gormley. The president of uh, Duquesne University, he's going to talk about a brand new book he's called out. It's called The Heiress of Pittsburgh. Really mm-hmm. looking forward to this conversation. This is The Ride Home, where Pittsburgh's Christian talk on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. My apologies to Kmart. <laughs> I just want to say that. My apologies. WORD. I won! I won! Yes! 
and we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes updates. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes updates, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. It's a fact that MyPillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels available for their product anymore. And because of that, they are passing their extra savings directly to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow for their classic standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with a promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, only $24.98 with a promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with a promo code. MyPillow is not just pillows. They also have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to MyPillow.com, call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling right now, 800-391-0954 for the best deal on MyPillow. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Parenting is tough and moms like Julie need encouragement when they feel overwhelmed. And the first thing I did was turn on the Focus on the Family podcast about parenting. That is my go-to because there's always a topic that is relating to what I'm going through at the moment. I'm Jim Daly. This season, help us give families hope. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. In our circle... There are a lot of book readers. Here in the show. Yeah. Part of our work is what we do. But I am consistently amazed and really, to be honest with you, disappointed how fiction gets such short shrift when it comes to the, to the reading community, especially a Christian reading community. Right. My brother-in-law, I said to my brother-in-law, he's a, he's a, he's a big reader. He says, I, I refuse to read fiction because the world itself is far too interesting. That, no, that's, that, I, mean, I get that. Okay, but that, just, that, that completely misses the point of what it is to create a story. A good a, story. A, an, a, an author creating a beautiful story that has truth in it. Mm. That you can hear in a story, that you, in, a, in a work of fiction, that you cannot hear any other way. Perhaps. No, that's what I believe. 
Well, we're going to talk about it with Ken Gormley. Ken's the president of Duquesne University. He's a lawyer, a constitutional scholar, and author. His brand new book is called The Heiress of Pittsburgh, and it is his first work of fiction. Ken, welcome to The Ride Home. It's great to be with you, Kathy and John. Pleasure is ours, Ken. Ken, you're the first guest in all these many years of doing this radio show that the guest's mother was my teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're the first radio host I've dealt with, John, whose math paper I probably graded when you were in third grade. I don't want to say what the grade was. Probably wasn't good, Ken. You can be honest with me. Believe me, I know my math skills, Ken. Um, They were tear-stained, believe me. I'm sure of that. (laughs) Okay, so, Ken, let's go back to the beginning here. Now, you, your family, like my family, we grew up in Swissvale, of all places, yes? That's right. I I actually grew up right on the border of Edgewood and Swissvale, John. So we were on West Swissvale Avenue across from, at that time, the Union Switch and Signal, which yes. is now Edgewood Town Center. Right. So, but you know, my mom taught in third grade at St. Anselm School, where yep. she would have taught you. All of us, the five kids, went literally. We walked the mile, even back at lunchtime. As you know, my Sorry. mom, who was less than five feet tall, was a powerhouse walker, and she came back and fixed us lunch, and we all walked back oh together. Uh, and it was a magical life, and it, we, we lived amidst, you know, the mills, the factories. Uh, people worked at Cop Glass or the Union Switch or the Edgar Thompson Mill for the most part. Yep. Not much. But it was uh, it was a beautiful place, and that's one of the things I was hoping to capture in this book because we don't always celebrate. We talk with pride about how special Pittsburgh is. But we don't really try to capture what that is mm-hmm. or think about how we preserve it for the future. So anyway, um, I, I tried to catch some of those feelings, and hopefully there are things that uh, brought back memories for, for both of you. But uh, in these little towns, I always say there were qualities there, people there, and qualities that you couldn't buy today for a million dollars. You've got that right. Yeah. Qualities like what, Ken? Well, you know <laughs> – there were lots of characters in a place like Swissville and in all of these towns, and most of them were children or grandchildren of immigrants who came here, and that's what Duquesne was founded for, incidentally, by the Spiritan priests to help recent immigrants working in the mills and factories get an education and advance themselves. But these were people who um, fundamentally, in the mills, they had to look out for each other, and that translated back in their little communities. Uh, you know, they always were focused on uh, – they tended to look out for each other, for their mm-hmm. families. Uh, they would do anything for you. They would give you anything. Uh, they were, you know, a colorful characters and rock contours, and many of them didn't have education beyond high school. Uh, but they were smart, and they were inventive, and they – could make things with their hands. It was incredible, and I tried to capture that with the character Choppy in this novel. But these folks who worked at the Union Switch and these factories, uh, now they did take a little liberties of borrowing things from the mill to bring them home, but they made incredible things with them and then gave them to people, yeah. you know, to, to help each other. So it is really, I think, at the heart of what makes this place so special. There, There aren't really... Uh, there isn't pretense. There aren't mm-hmm. pecking orders. It's caring about people. And frankly, I think that that's the quality that built America. 
And it's and it started really here in the melting pot of Pittsburgh. I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah, there is a, a plain spokenness, a lack of pretense. People present themselves who they are, uh, good or bad, take it or leave it. So, Ken, talk about this. I mean, the idea of you writing the heiress of Pittsburgh and, and reading about it, I know, is a labor of love. This was something that you didn't just sit down and, and pound out on your Apple Macintosh. I think probably 30 <laughs> years ago, there wasn't such a thing as a personal computer. It took 30 years from that first sentence until you submitted the manuscript, yeah? You know, I was doing a few things in between, yeah. John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I'll tell you, you know, I start did start this about 30 years ago, and I've written fiction books. One of them was a New York Times bestseller, The Death of American Virtue, Clinton versus Starr, uh, and then the book about Archibald Cox, Conscience of a Nation, which was my first book, which also won awards in nonfiction. But I always wanted to write fiction, uh, even when I started those books, and I always wanted it to be about Pittsburgh. And incidentally, Kathy, I know that you're a product of the University of Pittsburgh, but I was a Pitt News writer when I was there in college. I wrote a feature called Undercover Reporter, where I would do weird things and write about them. So I wrestled a bear. I set a Guinness World Record in brick-carrying and raised money for the Leukemia Society and won the first Wait, I was going to say, that's Stone. the Rolling Stone thing, yeah? Yeah, College Journalism Award yeah. for doing those. And and then I started writing features for the Pittsburgh Press when I got out of law school. But so feature writing, capturing characters and and dialect and dialogue was always where I started. And so writing fiction was a very natural thing. But I would I work on this book, put it aside for five years, work on the the nonfiction books, you know, do my my jobs as a lawyer or law professor or whatever, and then I'd pull it out and dust it off and redo it. And for me, it was a kind of therapy. You know, some people mm-hmm. see a shrink. I like to write, and uh, you know, it, it, for me, it is just so wonderful to be able to create. And so it did take a long time. Uh, but working on this helped me write the other books. Working on those helped me rewrite this book. And so uh, when I published it this year, I was really felt that it was ready uh, to, to launch. And it's a great feeling when you get to that point. Oh, my gosh, especially when it's been incubating for that long. Um, Ken, talk about the the um, we're talking to Ken Gormley, by the way, he's the president of Duquesne University. And uh, we're talking about his brand new book called The Heiress of Pittsburgh. And I want to get at why story matters to you. Now, you obviously can tell uh, real life stories extremely well based on you being a New York Times bestselling author. Um, but what about this fiction thing? Why did you grow up as a kid in Swissvale running into John Hall were you like did you love stories was it was it that did you have that kind of childhood or what made you want to pursue this that is a great question that no one has asked me and I can tell you that I was writing little stories in the third grade playground at lunchtime when I was in third grade I, I I still have some of those uh just little teeny things and when I was in Grade school uh, would write little little plays that we produced uh, at Christmas or whatever in class. John, I don't know if you remember my pal Matt Kennedy, who went on to have a great career at the Post Gazette. Yes, I do. Uh, who yeah. also grew up there. But Matt and I did a lot of collaborations, and so yes, it's something I always wanted to do. I wanted to be a writer, a teacher, or a lawyer. And so, talk now you about got to being do all of blessed. Them. I got to do all of them. Uh, and also, you know, the cover of the book and the artwork inside it 
John, you probably know the Cambic family, but this was done by my childhood friend Matt Cambic, oh. uh, who's a great artist. He now lives in New Zealand because sadly his wife passed away, and then he moved to New Zealand. Oh. But we did this across time zones. Uh, I was sketch out, and I when I wrote for the Pitt News, he was the illustrator for those stories, and we've done things ever since. And so I'd sketch out things that looked like a third grader had scrawled them out, and then he turned them into beautiful artwork. And uh, so this globe on the front of the book has the carry furnaces on one side, which represents the old, and that's part of the story here. On the right, you see kind of a new city, and in the middle, this cozy little hamlet, which represents Swissville, Rankin, or whatever town you're talking about. And I actually had him sneak in. I sent him a picture of my house where I grew up, and he, one of them on the left-hand side is a teeny, teeny version of that house. I love that. Ken, listen, you're in good company. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Bronte sisters, you know, Charlotte and Emily, uh, they did uh, Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights. Yeah. They, when they were kids, would make little books um, for themselves, and they would give them to their brother to illustrate. And they're worth millions of dollars now, those little tiny books. Um, but it just kind of gave, if you look at the books, which I've obsessed over a little bit, it gives you a little glimpse into who they turned out to be, hmm. right? And what they produced. So if we were to look at one of those little books you did in third grade, would it give us a little idea of <laughs> who you are? Uh, maybe. I was, I was into, uh, I was into uh, the Twilight Zone and things yeah. like that at the time. Okay. So they were more m- supposed to be little mysteries. But, um, you know, it is about, you started about telling a story. It's very much about telling a story. And the story I wanted to tell here was about the people and places that make, that make up a place like Pittsburgh and make mm-hmm. it just so remarkable. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh is really a character in this novel, and it's not an easy thing to do. You have to capture it by capturing the personalities of the people, the qualities and how they behave. But the other part of this that I think is really important and wouldn't be obvious to everyone who read it is one of the themes for me is that this character, Sean Rossi, who's the, you know, the the main He's the narrator. He's the main person in the story. He's gone off to Harvard Law School, comes back to Pittsburgh, and he he thinks he's pursuing a noble calling by starting this little estates and trust firm to help regular people, even though he isn't going to make a fortune like all of his other friends at Harvard who've gone to New York or L.A. or whatever. And so he starts to doubt himself. Mm-hmm. You know, as he gets later in life, he looks around. His wife has sadly passed away. His daughters are struggling. He's, you know, losing cases and not making a fortune. And he starts to question whether he really made all of the wrong decisions in life. And in the end, in the story, uh, others help him see his daughters, his uh, young millennial law associate, J.V., who's uh, about to have her third baby, that he's doing remarkable things. And I, I wanted that to be a really important part of this because so many of all of us face those moments where if you do things that are not what other people define as success, uh, it's a tough road. It's a tough road the whole time, but it's also the richest path, in mm-hmm. my view. And in this case, 
you know, you have to kind of step back and evaluate, and that's what Sean is forced to do by the end of the book, to see exactly what he really has contributed and is contributing, and then he has to think about the next generation and how he makes it possible for them. And that, to me, is what our job is, too, those of us who care about preserving these great qualities in towns like this. It's up to us to figure out how that gets passed along to the next generation. The next generation. Hey, Ken, we need to step away for a minute, but can you stick around for a few more minutes with us? Sure. Oh, fabulous. We're talking with New York Times bestseller, president of Duquesne University, Ken Gormley. His brand new book is called The Heiress of Pittsburgh. Our conversation continues in a touch. You send your kid to college praying that you've done the right thing, that the groundwork is in place for that child of yours to succeed. Now, you look at higher education today. I, I think a lot of us would agree it's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. It's too expensive. However, serious intellectual inquiry requires a measure of maturity and rigor and courage, especially in today's topsy-turvy world. I believe that Grove City College is well-equipped to allow your child to have that courage in the serious intellectual inquiry and to have a Christ-centeredness that Christ is in all things, in every classroom, in every discussion, mm-hmm. in every public activity. All that there exists at Grove City. So we don't have to be afraid of, oh, are we going to talk about that? Are we going to talk about that? I mean, if if... If all of it belongs to God, then talking about somebody else's perspective shouldn't be threatening, right? It should be a way that we get to know what the world is, get to know who we are better so that we can have conversations that matter once we exit this place. I think it's part of education, John. Without a doubt. Be bold. Be courageous. Be Christ-centered. Look online at an education that's quality, gcc.edu. Christmas is always a special time, but this Christmas will be even more special because this is the year you tell her how much she really means with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. An affordable piece from Trinity is the fastest way to turn up the heat without turning up your thermostat. Make this holiday the one you'll always remember with the one you'll always love. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road, for when you really want to say, I love you, at trinityjewelers.com. As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families. But when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Red Kettle Campaign helps local, hardworking families fend off homelessness. Keep hope marching on. Give today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash hope marches on. 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart TuneIn and Odyssey think fast in the short time it takes to listen to this message a small flame can turn into a big fire several minutes more and thick poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond give it five and your entire home may be filled with flames Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and keep heaters three feet away from anything that can burn. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov because fire is everyone's fight. 
Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 29. Partly sunny and mild tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 50. Tomorrow night, clear skies early, then increasing clouds with a low of 38. Wednesday, mainly cloudy and mild. We'll see a high Wednesday of 56. Thursday, cloudy. Temperatures approaching near record highs. We'll see a little afternoon rain with a high of 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We're talking with Ken Gormley. Ken's the president of Duquesne University. He's a lawyer, a constitutional scholar, author. His book, The Death of American Virtue, Clinton versus Starr, was a New York Times bestseller. But his brand new book is out right now called The Heiress of Pittsburgh. Ken, I want to ask you about your own writing. Um, so you're a New York Times bestselling author, which must sound very good to say. Um, and you've been that way for several years. So I, I guess now that you're doing fiction, I wonder if you've looked back and thought about the writers that you loved that you know made you who you are. Um, yeah, it's a great question. There's so many different ones. I tended to really focus on the sort of classic writers, mm-hmm. Hemingway, Fitzgerald. Yeah. I study them. And the other person, Truman Capote, uh, and if you've never read his short stories yeah. uh, along with In Cold Blood, but, you know, the beauty of how these things are crafted and, and uh, you know, the creativity that goes into them is just amazing. So I've, uh, I've read a lot of both fiction and nonfiction, and there's a lot of intersection between the two. You know, this book has a lot of historical pieces of it. I researched, I went down to Rankin and talked to a lot of older mill workers to get pieces of this story correctly. And also one of the most important parts, the home for unwed mothers in the the Rosalia Foundling Home in the Hill District, which for me was just a really important part of the story about how harsh the law treated unwed mothers and their babies mm-hmm. until fairly recently. And I had a chance to interview a number of the sisters, and they were John Sisters of Charity, like the ones who taught at St. Anselm's, uh, who were just amazing women. Some of them are still alive, who helped these uh, girls uh, protect their privacy and try to make sure that the babies uh, got a good home. And so uh, a lot of even writing fiction, it's grounded in you know, you have to take pieces of reality and figure out how to stitch it together. And so uh, I, I've really read widely in both forms because, in my view, they all come together. Very good. No, no Ken, the heiress of Pittsburgh, um, there's a lot of different layers you're laying out here for us. Now, clearly you're a person of faith, but what about that? I mean, uh, the heiress of Pittsburgh. Are, are, are you there... can't separate faith from Pittsburgh. Right. I mean, it's we're baked into it, right? And it clearly, you know, your upbringing, my upbringing, fairly similar in many ways. Uh, faith has found its way in the pages of the book as well. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, um, you know, there's no question that most of the communities that uh, took root in in Pittsburgh, in pretty adverse circumstances in many cases, used the churches and their faith as a, an anchor, a bedrock uh, for everything. And I tried to weave that in there. Coincidentally, I was asked to write an opinion piece for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which I think will be in Sunday, about our churches at Christmas time. But when you think about it, churches really do, and I specifically refer in one example to Belfield Church, uh, where my brother BJ and, and his wife Cindy and our, their family has uh, been very active for many years, you probably know. And we always loved going to the 
the service there on midnight mass or, or the night before Christmas and the passing of the, the candle and the, the light to represent the birth of Jesus. But, um, you know, to me, that's all an integral part. And you look at every community of every nationality, of every race and ethnicity, and churches are central to really who we are as a region. And that's why we have been so strong. And that's why there is the, these other values that I'm talking about in the book didn't come from nowhere. They were part and parcel of that. Fabulous. Well, Ken, uh, I can't wait to read the book. The heiress of Pittsburgh. Congratulations. Really excited about it. 30 years. You've got to be excited as well. Um, now, no giveaways here, but you really don't want to tell us who the heiress of Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, then, then you'd never read it. But I, I'm not saying that there's only one answer. But all any royalties from the book are going to a project at Duquesne for students interested in creative writing. Mm, I think it's wonderful. very important. Uh, and so, in fact, we're going to do a student book event uh, in January, someone donated 500 copies so students could get copies before Christmas and read them. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, it, it does feel good to have it come out. I had it released on October 12th. That's my wife, Laura's birthday, because she endured this for 30 years. So she, the book is dedicated to her. I told her if if I had been paid 50 cents an hour for all the time I spent on this, we could be living in a mansion somewhere. But instead, I dedicated the book to her. So I guess that's, it. I guess that's worth it. You're a good man, Ken. Very good indeed. That's Ken hey, it's Gormley. great talking to yeah. both of you, and you do a fabulous job on this show. So keep it up. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, Ken. That's Ken Gormley, president of Duquesne University, and his new book. you got to check it out. Perfect Christmas gift, perfect time. The heiress of Pittsburgh. Very nice. High above the bluff overlooking the city of Pittsburgh. Duquesne University sits. Coming up next, does this make sense? Does this make sense? One hundred one point five WORD. In poverty-stricken Ethiopia, children are suffering from severe acute malnutrition. They're starving and dying. But our ministry partners at Save the Children are there to help. Your $60 one-time gift can provide the ready-to-use therapeutic food, the emergency nutrition and medication to bring a child back from the brink of death. Every little bit you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836. You can give online at wordfm.com, keyword Save the Children. Words and music. For the last year, the Federal Reserve has told us inflation is, in a word, transitory. But the Fed can't fight the music of inflation. It's what happens when we print trillions of dollars. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I've built the number one precious metals firm in the country by adding massive value. And Advantage Gold wants to earn your business by doing that for you right now. My best-selling gold inflation index report retails for $500. I want to email it to all serious investors with retirement accounts for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole, no gimmicks. Simply text the word GOLD to 49776. I'll email you my best-selling gold inflation report right now. Text the word GOLD to 49776. That's GOLD to 49776. Let Advantage Gold add massive value 
and then we'll ask for your business. Simply text the word GOLD to 49776. Text the word GOLD to 49776. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. I love my family. They're funny, sweet, smart, they even smell nice. But I hate holiday shopping for them. But ho, 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 not anymore. Because I discovered the perfect holiday gift for my entire family. Skechers. Skechers have affordable, comfortable shoes that will make checking off your gift list easy as pumpkin pie. The kids go crazy for them. They have shoes that light up and sparkle, shoes that slip on and off, shoys that look cool. Forget about toys this year. Skechers are just as fun and no assembly required. And they're not just for kids. Adults love them too. They've got cozy slippers, comfy winter boots, sneakers for walking, running, outdoors, exercise, and all sorts of work footwear. Or if you're lucky enough to play golf, yep, Skechers has those too. And they all have the exclusive fits and features your family will love. They've got relaxed fit, wide fit, stretch fit, arch fit, and even max cushioning that feels like you're walking on clouds. Plus, they come with Skechers' exclusive air-cooled memory foam for ultimate comfort. And they're machine washable. So this year, give Skechers to everyone. Find them at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? An analog clock. 100%. Yes. Yes. The sweeping hands, Mm -hmm. right? The second hands sweeping by, the hours, the minutes. It's classic. It makes me feel good when you see an analog. Now, here's the problem. We've got an analog clock in our studio. Been broken for like two months. For two months? Forever. The battery. It's driving me crazy. It's been been 16 minutes of 10 for like, I don't know, since September. But don't you love an analog? Aren't they pretty? Don't they look good? Are you asking me? Oh, yeah. Does it make sense? Yes, John. Yeah, an analog clock. You know what? Digital clocks. It's cold. They bother me. Bother you? You know why? It's a little rough. Impersonal. There's something calculated. There's something clinical about it. No, I kind of like an analog nope. clock too. No, it's no, like, I mean, I mean a digital clock. I mean a digital because no. like a digital clock to me is like the future. No. You know, oh, oh, oh the future. Oh. Get out of here. Look at the future. Yeah. I got like you know. I remember the first digital clock you had for your like a clock radio? Yes. Holy smokes! I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, but that. But I was like 11, and I real I've you know decided that's a bad idea. Right. I. I am analog all the way. Analog clock. Do you have an analog clock in your kitchen? I sure do. Yes, so do we. But we also have one on the microwave and on the Yeah, no, range. I do too. So there's a little... Abundance. Otherwise, it's just doing the blank. Right. Who oh, can live with blank. that? All right, does this make sense? Okay. Unsalted peanuts. Huh? Unsalted peanuts. Does that make sense? Because, I mean, who doesn't like, like a nice hearty handful of peanuts or you go to the ball game you're right and you're enjoying some you know peanuts in the shell lovely in that rare instance where you make a mistake i have and you buy unsalted peanut it's like eating styrofoam does that make sense unsalted peanuts why do they do that it doesn't make any sense i can't believe we have to agree like this twice for this segment and i'm so vehemently on your side 
What what is the point? I don't know. Of a peanut. People have high blood pressure. I'm sorry. So you have. It's very upsetting. But cut in another place. That's I just cold. Uh, no. That's how that's I feel. It's that important, Cut John. In another place. It's that important. It's like, how about any nuts that aren't salted? No, there's no point. No, you need the salt. And and if if you if you can't have salt, then I just I would skip the nut. Skip the nut. Just do it. What if you had like it like you know you could make like your own nuts called skip the nut and it wasn't it wasn't a nut that you skipped it was a good nut but you really sort of like backwards selling I don't these even are know really what good that means. <laughs> skip the nut. Kathy Emmons, extra salted peanuts. And does that make sense? Look at your analog clock. Time is it? Are you facing yet another holiday season alone? When was the last time you met someone you were really excited about? Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. If you're looking for the answers to these questions, I've got a solution. I'm personally inviting you to join me and thousands of women just like you to my free Married in 12 Months Challenge that's happening now at lovestories.com. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months Challenge at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Now's the time to plan your outdoor riding future with a brand new Indian motorcycle from Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. This is John Steigerwald. Demand for Indian motorcycles is at an all-time high while the supply is low. Plan ahead and get on your holiday shopping now with a great selection of Indian clothing and accessories. Reserve and take priority of your brand new 2022 Indian Motorcycle today. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh and Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Visit www.pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Always wear your helmet, never drink and ride. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools suddenly everything just clicks findsomethingnew.org offers resources that help develop new skills skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy find your path to a new career at findsomethingnew.org a message from the ad council times person of the year 
has been released. Yes, calling him a clown, a genius, an edgelord, visionary, industrialist, showman. Time Magazine has named Tesla CEO Elon Musk as the person of the year for 2021. He's Brilliant in many ways. And a and, crazy man and in volatile. many ways as well, right? He's worth $300 billion. Uh, Tesla is the most uh, valuable car company in the world. That's, surpri- I, that's surprising to me. SpaceX, which I love. I love that so much, what he's doing there. Um, say what you will. He is, like a lot of people, well, he's singular is what he is. He's also a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that he says has huge financial impacts on our lives. I remember the the evening. It was a Sunday evening. I was sitting in my front room on Twitter, and he tweeted um, that he was thinking of taking Tesla private. Do you right. remember that? Yeah. And I, it was one of those moments when you're online and you watch something unfold. Yeah. I mean, it was like an eruption from people, and it was not just shareholders of Tesla saying, "Wait a minute, what?" It was people who were on his board of directors saying, "What?" Yeah, stop. I mean, he's just he's he's indiscriminate in a lot of ways, but I guess that goes with genius. Yeah, uh, in a lot of people, and it certainly does with him. I, I read about him last week. I read a story because you know there's always stories about him that he sold all of his personal real estate holdings which means he no longer owns a house. And he said he's committed to not owning property anymore because of the hassle and the expense of it. Because he needs to pinch pennies? I I don't know. Now, here's the weird thing about Elon Musk. Like a lot of uber-wealthy people, he pays very little, if any, income tax to this country, which is criminal. It drives me out. And he's not going to pay property tax if he doesn't own anything. Right. You know, he's going to plow all this money because he wants to put people on Mars. He wants to put people and animals on Mars. He talked the other day about, you know, building the spacecraft of Noah's Ark of, you know, animals into outer space, which is how can you like you said, he's a crazy genius. But I sure wish, you know, the government and his lawyers would pony up and say, yeah, we owe the government this Look, amount of money. The, the taxation system in the United States is a complete scam. It's a whack. It's a total scam. And yeah. the richer you are the better accountants you can afford and the less you pay. And I don't care what you think is going to happen or what you think Congress is going to do or whatever. That is the way it's going to be. And the IRS is complicit. The the, IRS... Look at how many news stories we've had, especially the ones that were going on five or six years ago. I mean, the IRS is just... What's a mess? A mess is the nicest way you could put it. Yeah. I mean, anybody's had to deal with the IRS, and I think most people, sooner or later, at some point, you get an envelope from the IRS and you go, the heck is this? Right? I mean, whether it's by, you know, most people are not trying to dupe the IRS, but you you make a mistake or you get caught in something, you kind of, oh, now there's taxes that you pay back. There's interest on top of taxes. People fall down into these holes. It can consume a life. I don't know. But, you know, Elon Musk... Crazy person, genius, incredible uh, entrepreneur. Pay your taxes. That's all. Let's go back and talk to about Time's Person of the Year. Any idea what year that started, John? Well, Time Magazine's been around a long time. Um, I would say, uh, I'm just, this is a raw guess. Yeah. I have no idea, really. I would say um, Person of the Year started uh, 19... 
20. Very close, 27. Okay. Any idea who the first person of the year was? First person of the year, 1927. They probably weren't doing entertainers at that point. No. They probably were doing, you know, politicians or... This uh, guy became a celebrity. No, I, I don't have a clue. Charles Lindbergh. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So he was a person, the man of the year, before he before he made his transatlantic flight. It, no, it was... Well, it says Lindbergh completed the first solo transatlantic okay, flight so in May of that 1927. year. 1927. Yeah, so I guess it was the end of the year mm, that it came out. Um, so let me just give you another couple highlights. Uh, people who I'm not going to obviously read okay. them all. Uh, Walter Chrysler. Oh, sure. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Hmm. FDR. Several times. Are you? Can you tell me the years that they were? Sure. Yeah, Walter Chrysler was man of the year when? Uh, that was the second one. So he was 1928. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, now, what's interesting is, like, like somebody's Christie's age. If you're under, probably if you're under 50. The time person either doesn't mean a lot to you. Time magazine has no significance. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when the, you know, the weeklies, Time, Newsweek, I mean, they ruled. I mean, they sold millions and millions of copies. Now, And that know, person of the year was a big... It's I mean, a gigantic it was, thing. Yeah, it was in a lot of... That image... Prestige. ...was in a lot of people's homes. Right. Now it doesn't mean much. Mahatma Gandhi, what 1930. Year? Cool. Uh, FDR in 32 and 34. Hmm. Um, Haile Selassie. 1935, Emperor of Ethiopia. Uh, Wallace Simpson, 1936. Oh, wow, what a weird choice That's, that is. Isn't that interesting? Well, you know, she, yeah. the king abdicated she changed his a lot, throne. She right? sure did, yeah. She changed a lot. Oh, that um, must have sent shock waves through How people. about that? Yeah. Chiang Kai-shek. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that was 37. Huh. Uh, Adolf Hitler, 38. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, the, the, the person of the year is not... It's not like Fetting. hero of the year. Right. It's just the impact of that person. Right. Uh, 1939. Hmm. If, if Hitler was 38, you know who 39 was? Mussolini. Stalin. Oh, okay. And 1940. So we had we had uh, Hitler, and then we had Stalin, and then who came next? I don't know. Churchill. Oh. And then so. FDR again in 41. Fabulous. Uh, so let's fast forward a little bit. Um uh, Elizabeth II in 1952. Really? Yep. When she acceded to the throne. How about um, how about uh, the beginning of the space race, like 1957? Nikita Khrushchev. Uh, 57. Mm-hmm. See, in my early, I have early memories of my grandfather, you know, lounging on the couch, holding up Time magazine, and you know, for for many many years until you know the widespread advent of high end photography, those people of the year they were illustrations, mm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they were beautiful. They very, were beautiful. very well done. And I would see that as a young boy, my father, my grandfather, holding up Time magazine and thinking, those were very important people. They were like you know, inti- there was intimidation to me as a young boy. Scary. Yeah, that was the world. 1961, JFK. Okay. <laughs> After his inauguration. Um, 1963, MLK Jr. Oh, interesting. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson in 64. Yeah. 68. Who do you think that was? Bobby Kennedy. The Apollo 8 astronauts. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, 71 was Nixon. Mm-hmm. And 72 was Nixon. Mm-hmm. He shared that in 72 with Kissinger. Um. In 76, it was Carter. Jimmy Carter. 77, it was Anwar Sadat. Uh, in 1980, it was Reagan. Hmm. Uh, 81 was Lekwalesa. Hmm, yeah. 
uh, Yuri Andropov in '83, Peter Uberoth, who was the um, organizer, yeah, and, and, the, the Olympics. and the, right, exactly. I think it was the '84 Olympics. Okay. That was the uh, year that there was the boycott. Right. I think. <clears throat> uh, let's see who else. Uh, Gorbachev was in there in '87. Again in '89. H.W. Uh, Bush in 1990. That was the Gulf War. Sure, sure. Uh, Ted Turner. Yeah. Founder of CNN because CNN is the one that showed us the war. Right. right? And revolutionized mm-hmm. cable television. 92 uh, was Bill Clinton. Mm. Uh, 93, this is interesting, was the Peacemakers. Uh, that was Yasser Arafat. That's sure. ironic, isn't it? Um, F.W. DeClerc, Nelson Mandela, and Yitzhak Rabin. Mm. Uh, John Paul II in 94. 95 was Newt Gingrich. Huh. That's interesting. Boy. It's hard to believe there was ever a really? moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1998, Shared. Uh, it was Clinton and Kenneth Starr. Oh, look. Now we just had Ken Gormley on. Yeah. Right? How about that? Yeah. New York Times bestseller. That, yeah. He grabbed that right 99 right was Bezos. Oh, really? It's hard to believe Amazon is that old. Yeah. 99? 99. Wow. 99 was Jeff Bezos. Well, I mean, what I, that's interesting. So all these people, men and women, they started revolutions in no some kidding. ways, right? They were shockwaves that were sent through the world. How about this? 2000 was G.W. Bush. Hmm. But 2001... Rudy Giuliani, mayor of New York City. Oh my goodness, really? That's who was a who was an unbelievable hero? In well, those of course, nine eleven I mean, saved New York City. G.W. Bush again in oh four. Huh. Um, Putin. Uh, How about in the last? We have just a few seconds left yeah, in the yeah. last few years. Seventeen, the silence breakers. Oh, so um, that was like the hashtag Me Too thing. Yeah. Uh, Twenty eighteen, the Guardians. Those were all the journalists mm-hmm. who have uh, suffered so much. Uh, Greta Thunberg in nineteen, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in twenty twenty, huh. and Elon Musk this year. All right, congratulations. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.